Jefferson in motion. Off play action. Fired over the middle. Picked off at the 31-yard line. Awuzie. Skoranek couldn't handle it. And the Cincinnati Bengals in 22 seconds have a touchdown and a takeaway. I don't think Matthew Stafford can believe this one. Off the hands of Skoranek. So uh, with that being said, uh, it ain't. Wait, where am I looking at? Okay, cool. There we are. It ain't exclusive. If it ain't a Emlyn exclusive, it's your boy BQ, and we're in the beautiful downtown San Jose, in the heart of Silicon Valley, San Jose, California, 408, as y'all know best. Uh, we're in the Emlyn HQ studios, and um, you know, on the Emlyn podcast, we highlight the art of vision, uh, shedding light on the culture leaders, dive into untold stories of the challenges they face to pursue their passions. My special guest today is Cheeto Bay Awuzie. What's up, my bro, man? Hey, yo, what's good, my boy? Well, first and foremost, how you doing, man? How are you feeling? How's everything going? Blessed to be back in San Jose. Um, you know, me and you tapped in the past two times I've been back, so um, it's just tapping in back with all the people, um, you know, from way back when. And I think it's just a beautiful thing that every time we come back to San Jose, it's always the same. It's always our love. So you know, I'm feeling blessed. Hell yeah. Hometown legend, man. It's crazy. Like, I still remember when we was at Oak Grove, you know, when we were younger. That's like 10 years ago. Yeah. It's about to be 10 years. That's crazy. It's about to be 10 Someone years. Someone got to set up that reunion, too. I, <laughs> I saw that they set up a reunion for like the whole decade uh, oh, on real? Facebook. I was dying. And they were selling know. tickets, too. I was like, how are you for selling real? tickets to the reunion? I ain't going to know half of them. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. A whole decade? A Damn. whole decade. We're talking about like 2009 to 2000 all the way to- well, That might be lit, actually. Yeah, it might be going crazy. <laughs> But uh, shout out to whoever organized that. No diss. Yeah. It's just, you know, we just shed light on that. But um, yeah, man, like, you know, like I said, I let off with saying hometown legend. Um, I think that's a fair statement. You know, all the things that you've accomplished and just the journey that you've took, like it's it's super inspiring. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, have an idea. You know, they see your work. They see your Instagram. They see you on TV. But uh, I think this is going to give you an opportunity to kind of unpack a little bit of the the things and the emotions that you went through to get to that level. Mm -hmm. So for the people that don't know, for the select few, you know, that mm -hmm. don't tap into sports, mm -hmm. uh, Cheeto Bay Awuzie, you know, he played at Oak Grove High School, uh, uh, got a scholarship to play at Colorado for the Buffs. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the coach over there used to coach at San Jose State, yeah. and that's kind of how yeah. you established that relationship yeah. and put you in a great opportunity to participate in the Pac-12. Pac-12, yeah, right? Pac-12 championship. Yeah. And um, also, you know, from that career uh, after – Warriors, uh, you know, got the opportunity to get drafted second round, 60th pick yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and that was super huge. You know, everyone in the hometown was like, <laughs> holy shit, <laughs> motherfucking Cheeto made it to the league. Like, yeah, yeah. that was such a sick ass uh, feeling because it was like, like, I, you know, I'm pretty sure other people have told you this. Like, it feels like we all won because mm -hmm. it feels like, you know, you come from San Jose and you made it to a place that everyone has seen, like watching, you know, if you're an athlete or someone growing up, you were always tuned in, in sports. Mm -hmm. So we always saw that as like one of the, bigger platform yeah, so yeah. seeing you on that stage was like psh, it was yeah. mind-blowing you yeah. know and that was just the beginning i mean like yeah. there's still more you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. uh you know you you had your journey in the dallas cowboys you had uh amazing moments uh amazing uh games that you perform amazing performances mm -hmm. and then uh you transition into the cincinnati Bengals. this is going to be your second season right yeah. going second into your season. second season and you know you were at the afc championship and the super bowl mm -hmm. like I'm going to unpack this a little bit because there's like, you know, many, uh, many uh, kind of perspectives I want to go into about mm -hmm. it. But I just want to say congratulations. Yeah. You know, that is such a huge accomplishment. 
um, for the ones that, you know, don't understand the value of like mm -hmm. the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship. Like that is the top of the top. Like yeah. there is nothing beyond that. Yeah. And the fact that you got to that point mm -hmm. and you found a way to even get further, yeah. like when you got that interception, bro, I, I already told you this shit. Like I was driving, my family was like, <laughs> Chino got a fucking interception. Like I was tripping out. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, sorry to get all fanboy here, but this is just the truth. Nah, like, you know, I, I'm a fan of my homies. I'm yeah. a fan of my friends. When I see them do dope ass shit, I'm really inspired by all that shit. So mm -hmm. this is my way of saying congratulations. And I want you to know that you are a legend and you already earned that stamp. Like, yeah. I don't care what no one says. You got that stamp and you it, have man. that respect for me to, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for everyone that mm -hmm. San Jose, you know, appreciates the contribution that you've done to like shed light to the city yeah, yeah. because, when you was walking down that that airplane, mm. you had that fucking San Jose hat yeah, on. Man, I always represent. Had man. that San Jose hat, <laughs> and it had the old English. Like yeah. that was so hard. Like, yeah. and I was one of the first things I reposted when I seen you. I was like, <laughs> real quick, got a rip. Um, for sure. I think um, you know, even in that game, I know you mentioned it. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, it's good. Like, you know, in the Super Bowl, like I remember like taking a shower like two nights before or a night before, and. Uh, all I could think about was Oak Grove against Mitty. You know, I oh. see it here. Like I was like, dang, you know, I had a taste. You know, I had a taste to like I remember that feeling like losing. And I was like, bro, I don't want to feel that again. And I was like, Cheeto, look how far you've taken it, you know? And I and those memories at Oak Grove with my boys, or mo those memories of San Jose, you know, all the people, you feel me, the culture, the love that like kept me going. You know what I'm saying? That was like my backbone. Cause like after that moment that I like I ain't gonna lie, I cried about like how far I've taken it type thing. I was I was like, okay, I'm ready, you know? And when I entered that Super Bowl, it was like, everything's on the line and I got all these people with me. I got all these people rooting for me and the love is really built. So San Jose's always in my heart. Man, so, that's crazy. Cause like only a few people will know like the emotions of that. You know nah, what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, uh, you know, I, you know, we're older now, you know, like people that, put the cleats up early you know what i'm saying like we still even know that yeah. and and know how how much it meant to us to to try to get to the championship yeah. and the fact we weren't able we fell short and yeah. it was like a brotherhood you know like everyone around us like we all felt that pain we all cried that day you yeah, know it was like yeah, damn yeah, we took yeah. the l but but to your point though like i loved how you leveraged that as like motivation and and was able to like not gonna let that happen mm -hmm. so like you know about that like what are we like what was the feeling like walking on like the leading up to the super bowl like i hate to just jump right into it but that's yeah. like really where my mind's at like yeah. what was like the lead up like how did you feel like the fact that you were actually on this level on this stage um you know obviously you, you expressed that you didn't want to lose again mm -hmm. but what were the emotions like leading up to just the fact that you got to that level you yeah know? so i mean the super bowl for those that don't know you know it's the biggest game in football pretty much and you know, how it happened was we had two weeks to prepare. And that first week, you know, it was all like mental, all just like getting the game plan down, the film study, the opponent, studying the opponent and stuff like that. And then the second week we went to L.A. And that one's more like you're just refining everything that you went through the week before. So that, yeah. that, that week's more where you start to prepare your heart, like mm -hmm. preparing your heart, your emotions to play the game. And I would say, you know, everybody talks about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, but really – like it's the buildup and then the aftermath of the Super Bowl, which I say is like the biggest difference between any other game. Because when like when the whistle started and like we started playing, I was like, oh, this is just another football game, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously this last Super Bowl was in L.A. and we played the L.A. Rams. Yeah. So that was a little different. For sure. We still had more fans though. 
had, I swear we had more that fans. That is true. There, there was amped hey, up in there. Bro. That is very true. But, yeah. LA, you don't got no fans. I'm, I'm a Niner fan. So. It, I'm a Niner fan. Too, <laughs> so. Go ahead. But yeah, so... Um, yeah, when the game started, it was like, oh, this is just another game. But, uh, you know, obviously the aftermath of the Super Bowl, we didn't get the result that we wanted. It's like, okay, dang, I lost the Super Bowl. Like, I, I have to hold that on to the re- for the rest of my life. You yeah. Know what I mean? And then obviously before, too, it's like all the emotions and, you know, the heart clearance, um, you know, checking in with your teammates. I know they're doing heart clearance. It's like, you know, we're trying to stay as level-headed as possible. And that's one thing I can say that we did was, like, really have each other's backs and really, like, made it comfortable for everyone. I can say no one was nervous. No one was like tripping over the moment that we really went in there and just tried to ball. So, um, you know, I think we, we, even though we lost, we're still proud of the team that we were a part of. So, But it's so crazy how you illustrate that. Like, it's all a mental game, mm-hmm. essentially. Like the yeah. whole buildup, like you're just, it's a you against yourself, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're, you're in fear of messing up mm-hmm. and potentially, you know, fumbling the ball, I guess, mm-hmm. or whatever that mm-hmm. would, you know, be. But um, that's crazy. You know, it's funny. There was a video I seen on ESPN that was going viral and it had a, it showed I don't know who it was on the team, but they had they were going they were walking up uh, on the on the on the part of the facility and there was like a pole and they were they split oh, the pole and they're like not nah, go around they made that, him go I around that, I, I don't know who that was but I think it was Jamar and like somebody else yeah that was that was pretty funny that right there showed me like you guys are like on the same page yeah. like nothing is gonna stop y'all yeah, type shit so that that's I, I appreciate you illustrating that just because I know a lot of people a lot of fans are like mm-hmm. you know they want to know how you guys approach this moment you know not everyone goes to the super bowl and, and most importantly experiences it so one of the things i also wanted to emphasize on like i said i was hella hyped about was the interception yeah. so like what was going like what so walk me through that play like what like how it played out and you know what was going through your head when it happened you know so one thing about the super bowl is halftime is long as hell yeah the performances oh yeah true so like when we went in there at the halftime we already knew like okay we're gonna have 10 minutes to rest 10 minutes to warm back up and then 10 minutes to go over film. So dang near 30 minutes at a halftime. Usually you only have like 10, seven to 10 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, as soon as I got in there, I, you know, put my legs up, laid on my back, put a towel on my eyes. I was just thinking, 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 visualizing. And like, I, I was visualizing an interception, like literally yeah. visualizing an interception and like visualizing all the things that, that like the scenarios that could happen, trying to review the game that happened. And then as we, you know, started warming up again, warming up again, uh, you know, our offense actually came out there and scored a touchdown, like right away, like mm. boom, touchdowns. Like, okay. And I, my coach, I was playing a little bit more off coverage this game. Um, my coach was like, Cheeto, get up there and be aggressive. Like, be aggressive. Like, all right, bet. Mm. So then I got up there and then like, I don't know if it was the first or second play. The first play I pressed the guy, second play I did the same thing, pressed the guy. And then, like, I, I jammed him up pretty good, and he ran his route. But I think since my jam got him, like, the timing was off. So the ball was a little off to his left, and then he tipped it up, and I caught it. And, like, that moment of, like, jubilation was, like, like that, that, that that's a that's a high. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like it's a like high. a feeling that. You- yeah, it's like you catch it. You don't even know how you, how you fell down. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get up. I got up. I'm just like. Start shaking my head, yeah. and everybody else start coming up. I start realizing like the moment, yeah. And then like I look in the, the stands, I see my brother, my my mom, my dad, my wow. family, my cousins. I'm just like, oh, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. We're gonna yeah. win the Super Bowl. And obviously we lost, but still, like the moment it, it, was but crazy. that emotion yeah, on that crazy. moment, and you were able yeah. to see Dove and your family and everyone from yeah, where you were yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Because exactly you already knew where they were yeah, at. Yeah. yeah, so I was pointing at them, but I think they was too juiced. They didn't know I was pointing at them. So <laughs> I'd be yeah. going crazy too, man. <laughs> all I mean, we all were, you know. So. Facts. 
Uh, yeah, man, I just I, I wanted to go straight into that because mm -hmm. I know that's like obviously the football fans and everyone. Mm -hmm. That's the first things they want to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yesterday uh, you just had your uh, third football camp at PayPal Park. A mm -hmm. um, hundred plus kids. I think it was way more than that. Honestly, yeah, it was well, probably like 250, 250, 250 kids. 300, yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, home. Of, you did it at PayPal Park, home of the San Jose Earthquakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, giving back to the community. Uh, you had coaches that were previous athletes. Mm -hmm. They were people that we grew up with. Myself, mm -hmm. I was a part of it, yeah. and some of our other friends, and um, even other you know players from the surrounding cities. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, other kids from surrounding cities mm -hmm. came. Mm -hmm. So it was like a whole Bay Area thing, not mm -hmm. just the San Jose thing. So uh, you know, first off, thank you for you know continuing that that project because mm -hmm. it's uh, giving a lot of youth and next generation like inspiration. You yeah. know, because. It's reminding them, like, even someone within your block or your neighborhood mm -hmm. can actually, like, get to this level. Mm -hmm. So, and, we, and, you know, when we were kids, we had examples of that, too, growing up yeah. where they had those camps and um, it was super inspirational. So You've been to one of those? When, uh, when I was younger, no, nah, I just always knew about them. Okay. I've always I wanted like, to go to those, know. like you know, those yeah. like seven L seven camps. Yeah, I always yeah. wanted to do them, but yeah. I never did them. You know yeah. what I mean? I but know. but um, even when like for example, like Isaac Sopoaga, like mm. when he showed up to high school, when we were in high school, yeah. like he played for the Niners, and we all mm. thought that was a huge ass deal. Yeah. Playing pass, yeah, Nate Clements. Clements. Yeah. Um, I seen Carlos Rogers at a time. Yeah, I yeah. seen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some names right now, but there's for sure been other players yeah. and there, you know, even other athletes like Cain Velasquez from the UFC, UFC you know, free his ass, man. Yeah. Fuck all that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was a huge deal. Um, so I guess my question with that is like, um, how does it feel to like leave such a big mark in your hometown um, like in that level? Because you're you're curating a whole event with mm -hmm. kids and their families and mm -hmm. and, and it's free completely free yeah so, so tell people a little bit about that well like obviously the vision you know i have the vision a couple of years ago to start doing camps you know a lot of football players doing but you know i didn't really see too much of it in south side san jose um from our products other than me and probably steven anderson i know he does a camp as yeah. well um so uh that, that that's what started it but at the end of the day it was a collective effort like it was not me like i was just like the face, face yeah. of it but there were so many people that had to you know, execute for it to be possible. Yeah. You know, San Jose earthquakes allowing us um, to use their field, PayPal Park, obviously. Yeah. You know, Los, Go Los Gatos Orthopedic, you know, the people who are doing the training. Yeah. On um, my agency, Rep One Sports, running point guard on everything. Mm -hmm. Audie, who works for the San Jose earthquakes, she's a superstar, you know, helping us mm -hmm. do pretty much whatever, we, you know, that's positive mm -hmm. for the community yeah. at PayPal Park. Um, nice. You know, and then obviously the coaches that helped me, you know, including you. Um, I know a lot of things were ongoing last minute, but the kids probably had the best time of their life. So, oh, for sure. Um, obviously the parents. So um, it was a collective effort of just everybody wanting to, uh, you know, do their best and make an impact on the community. It was definitely not just me. Crazy too, because I even seen Daniel's son there. Yeah. I saw like uh, my mentor's son was there. Uh, Anthony, mm -hmm. his kid was there, Angel. So it was just, it's crazy because it's like, I almost see myself like mm -hmm. when I was doing like those little drills mm -hmm. when we were at Pop Warner and stuff, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I feel like, it, to your point, like, yeah, it is super impactful, you mm. know, to the community. I guess this year I actually kicked the first goal of the season for the earthquakes. Oh, yep. I see and that's that. That's when I got tapped in with them and I, they talking about community initiatives. I was like, oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, I like to do stuff in the community, too. Yep. You know, what's one, one way I could possibly get involved or collab? And the camp was, you know, one of the first ideas. So um, it just happened to be that way. Not, maybe not be something that we do every year. Maybe next year we go to Oak Grove. But, yeah. Um, yeah, old girl still always has my back. So, and that's awesome, man. Just the fact that 
you know, you took it to a new level. You well, know what I'm saying? Youth camps and soccer, you know what I'm saying? The stadiums. Yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. Dope, that's a big bro. deal. That's, dope, that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> I, I, I wanted I had to I, jump on it. I wanted to just know exactly. I wanted to know how you uh, created that opportunity yeah. and how that uh, how it, it evolved. You know, yeah. because to your point, like it's only going to grow and more mm. people are going to want to be a part of it, and you're going to continue your journey in the NFL. So people just want to you know be around facts, that. So facts. that was super dope, man. Mm. Um, and you know, shout out to PayPal and the so earthquakes. We also collaborate with them too. So shout Big out to shout them. Out. I wanted to ask you about the fashion. So okay. I know you got your collection, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, is yeah. it Wuzier collection, am yeah. I correct? What inspired your venture to get into the fashion world and uh, you know how, how did you start this journey? Okay, yeah, so the biggest thing is, I remember like three years ago, or nah, I would say when I got into the NFL, you know, I, you know us, we weren't never really big in designer, you know, we yeah. weren't really big in designer. But when I got to the NFL, I started seeing all these guys pay like, Three thousand dollars for shorts, yeah. Just because they said Gucci on them, yeah, yeah, or like yeah. Three thousand dollars because I'm like, facts. I don't even know if you put that together right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I started wearing my cultural stuff. You know, bespoke wear tailored yeah. for me. And people go, "Oh, what's that?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's this." And you know, the stuff that we we wear does not cost that much with that type of material. Yeah. Right. So, um, I started thinking like, okay, you know. When I look across the U.S., I don't see a lot of stuff of African identity, period. Mm. Like, not that many people can say they drove down a street and seen an African restaurant. Yeah. You know, or, you know, African fashion. Yeah. And now we're starting to get a little bit of African music. I think that's kind of yeah. leading the way. But um, outside of Black Panther, really, there hasn't been that much knowledge of what the heck African culture is. Like representation. Yeah. Something. So yeah. I think it was one of those things where I was like, man, I think this would be a cool way to, to promote African identity. And that's why I started Always Your NG. And essentially it's, you know, it's not just African fashion, but it's has an African identity to it. Like it's it's inspired by African mm. fashion. Cause a lot of the stuff I wore last year, um, before games walking into it, you know, pure born in Africa people would probably say that's not African fashion, but you know, it's like has streetwear element to it too. Yeah, that's that's the key. Yeah, it's a mm -hmm. twist. So and then we also do regular bespoke and formal wear, you know, stuff for weddings. Um, and really right now it's raw in the planning stages of it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are excited um to see it what it comes to. For you know, sure. I have a lot of people hit me up, people that aren't African, people who are from all over the place just hit me up asking when it's gonna be ready, when can I order? Da 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 da. And I think that's kind of the cool thing, you know, we we can go to a Asian restaurant and say, Oh, I had Thai food. Yeah. And then you come to love Thai food. You know, it's kind of the same thing. I just want to have an outlet to where people can experience African fashion. Yeah. And then further on, African identity, whether it's music, fashion, clothes, you know, food, all that stuff. So I just want to be one of the leaders in all those spaces. So, yeah. Well, that's dope, man. Yeah. I think that's super dope because, like, you know, representation is important. Mm. And to your point, like, a lot of minorities don't have, you know, they don't own a lot of these things that we buy you know mm -hmm. what i mean like the gucci you said like yeah. people will spend three hundred thousands of dollars mm -hmm. and they don't even like fuck with minorities like yeah, that and yeah, this yeah. is just my opinion I mean, mm -hmm. people might be subjective right mm -hmm. but <laughs> i think uh i think that's that's super dope because you know you created your own your own lane essentially mm -hmm. and you represented the culture that you know made you who you mm -hmm. are right. so i think that's super powerful yeah. and you know you make it look dope man like yeah. you said there's people uh, so that's why i was curious like you know people from all over are asking yeah. about that yeah. what, what are some of like the craziest feedback you got about it like uh craziest feedback so like sometimes uh so what they're called is isiagu pants and like they're the pants they're like kind of like sweatpants but they have a certain type of um pattern design on oh, okay. it and it's very like ebo so i'm ebo that's my culture mm. and like, that's like what people wear who are chiefs 
I, I put it on pants and made it look swaggy type thing. That's mm. not usually what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But um, it's a way to highlight the culture. And I'd walk into places with those on and people would just compliment, compliment, compliment. Oh, where'd yeah. you get those pants? Are those Louis yeah. Vuitton? Are those <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, it's my brand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, yeah. yeah y'all seeing Ooh. it. You know, I went to- Let it be known. During the Super Bowl, matter of fact, we went to um, Rodeo Drive and we were walking in like all over that thing. And I intentionally wore those pants and, oh, where'd you get those pants? Da, 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 you know? And- Everybody just loves them. So uh, that's probably been one of the key things where I've seen, okay, you know, this could be something if I do it right. And that's why I'm trying to do it right. I'm just trying to plan uh, accordingly so that, you know, I'm not doing anything, taking any missteps. So that's kind of where I'm still at is in the planning stages. Not really in the planning stages, but more in the, the executing, yeah, executing yeah. phases of developing that plan. So. Um, yeah. No, that's super dope. Yeah, because you definitely like teased it. Like it, it, it came out in a way where it's like it's out, you know. Yeah. And I looked at it, I was like, okay, they're still like previewing it coming yeah. soon. Yeah. But it does get that excitement. Like mm -hmm. I want to see what it's gonna like, what you're gonna put out, and how it's yeah. gonna look. So hell yeah, that's super dope, man. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, Cheeto the trendsetter over here, man. You've always been <laughs> this way. You always try to do your own trend. I remember when you we used to go to Jack in the Box. You used to always order the fucking sourdough bread. <laughs> Everyone was influenced by that shit, bro. Hey, Everyone bro. was like, "Let me get the uh, Junior Bacon double." Was it Junior Bacon cheeseburger yeah, with, with sourdough, sourdough bread? Hey, ja <laughs> hey, Jack in the Box owed me money too oh, because bro. after that, sourdough bread only cost twenty cents. After that, it costs like a dollar twenty nine cents now, bro. It was like, oh, they found out this hack. They went back to the books. Oh, it's them boys at Oak Grove ordering all that damn sourdough bread, bro. So that location is like, <laughs> is a super hot. Yeah, over there. for real. That's hella funny. Um, I appreciate it. And congratulations with that. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a random question here. This is like a Bay Area question, yeah. and you know, uh, it, 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 this is just this is a me like me telling you. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm asking you. Right. So uh, there was a game. Uh, I don't remember exact the year, uh, but it was against the Raiders. It was Dallas uh, Cowboys versus the Raiders when you was a cowboy. Um, and then there was a third and I forgot what the the, the how far the down was. It was like third and something. And it was a toss to Marshawn Lynch, and, and you went head up with Marshawn Lynch, yeah. and you went head on with him, and you know, obviously he went out of bounds and he knocked you down. Mm -hmm. But there was a that drive didn't convert into a first down, like you stopped that drive. Everyone was paying attention to the to the collision and shit. But the bigger thing that I paid attention, I was like, damn, that's Oakland and San Jose right there. So I mean, like the fact that you get to play with people that you watched growing up, because essentially we were in high school when you was uh, when he was uh, in the league. Um, so like, what what do you think about the idea that you're playing with people you watch growing up, and you know? I mean, this is like, like I said, this is a biased mm -hmm. perspective. I'm like, what was the, what was your, um, you know, just your view on that? I guess just the fact that you went head up with Marshawn Lynch himself, you know Yeah, what I'm I ain't going to lie. So that was my rookie year. Yeah. I don't know if I'd do that again, bro. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, like, hey, you did go. I was but, young. I was young, hot. But uh, nah, yeah. Uh, the play, he did like a flat route and I was playing cover two. So I span out. And then, like, as soon as I span, I was like, oh, he's right there. And usually running backs have a decision to, like, go make inside. a cut, go inside of you, run out of bounds. I'm like, okay, this is Marshawn Lynch. I know exactly what he's going to do. And he's looking. He had a dark visor on. <laughs> oh, yeah, he But did. I could see him still staring into my soul. So, all right, I'm going to show him I'm a dog, too. So then, yeah, I went ahead up with him. And, uh, yeah, he stopped where he was. But obviously, I was on my butt after the hit. And, uh, but that gave me a lot of kudos with the team. You know, they showed, they showed that, you know, how tough I was, tough I am. Um, and that was a good moment for me, too. Just that was probably, I mean, Marshawn Lynch is arguably one of the hardest running running backs in NFL history. Yeah. Like you, everybody, 
knows it like him it's beast mode ap yeah you know, certain running backs that you know they're like yeah okay these are, these are gonna be some hard hard runners so um that was a great moment in my nfl career in terms of waking me up as to what the nfl is like and then in terms of the bay area part you know i was young so you know it's like you wish marshawn knows you type thing but he don't know your story he don't know my yeah. story or i'm yeah. from san jose so after i made sure to tell him like, oh yeah i'm from san jose da, 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 uh, oh game. so you actually talked to yeah him of about course it. you know after the game that type of stuff so Damn. you probably don't remember that either but yeah was, i do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that's what's up that's yeah. legendary that's what yeah. i'm saying because like it's a bay area thing and i and i was telling people off camera like there is something about you know when a nfl player or like an athlete makes it and they and they actually uh, play in the hometown that they yeah. grew up in, or you know they're just in that area that day when they perform. Everyone from that area is like supporting you yeah. and Marshawn and you know all the other Bay Area athletes. So mm -hmm. it's like that's why I was curious to know like just what your thoughts were on that, especially yeah. since you know you basically watched them growing up and shit. Right. So right. that's huge. So uh, I guess about the Bay Area too is like what do you, what is it like coming back to the Bay Area after all the changes? Mm -hmm. Like what do you what is what do you want to uh, do you want to impact the Bay Area? You know, like, yeah. would you move back? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think the Bay Area is a place where you have to be very strategic, right? Because it's hard to own out here. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to yeah. own. You have to have a lot of coin, a For lot of sure. coin. Lot of so, like, sometimes, everything. you know, it's better to, like, make your money uh, other places and then come back here when you're settled. And that's mm. kind of my plan is to make money um, in other places, come back here when I'm settled. But, you know, my parents' house um it's always here you know my boys my family's always here and this is always his home um so i definitely plan to move back at some point and it's always left for the bay area it's just like right now it's like dang even someone who has i have a little bit of coin yeah it's like dang this place is yeah this is silicon valley you ain't lying <laughs> you get no joke so um obviously you know th little things i could do in the community is always important um you know i'm involved obviously with the camp and then a, a couple of donations i made to local uh you know, uh, startups or local um, 501c3s and stuff like that. And, you know, stuff that we've talked about off camera, you know, it very, sounds very interesting too. So um, I'm always tapped in with what's going on or trying to see ways that I can help. Who are you currently like slapping right now on your playlist? Like who's like on rotation? Then I'll pivot into the Bay Area discussion. It's two uh, separate like, discussions. Like in general? Or yeah, like, like general. From the Bay Area? Okay, Generally, so. yeah. Obviously, my Afro beats, so like Burna Boy, Wizkid, Rema, uh, Buju, all these Afro beat artists, I think it's the next genre of music. And then like, you start going to like rap rap, it's like Nas, Forever Nipsey, you know, um, K-Dot, uh, who else? You got Mozzie, my Bay Area people, you got Mike Sherm, Sloby, EBK Young Jock, you know, all types of, you know, it's, it's diverse. It depends on my day. Yeah. Like, shoot, this morning I was playing uh, slow or EBK Young Jock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I was running La Kalina. I was playing EBK okay. Young Jock. Okay, La Kalina. And then, like, half the way through the work, I was like, yeah, let me play some Afrobeat. That's <laughs> why I, I play some Afrobeat. So, I mean, it's really just whatever's on type of yeah. thing I enjoy. I try to enjoy. Um, yeah. If you were to go to a, uh, a, a Bay Area hip-hop show, who would, who would you go? Bay Area hip hop show. Yeah, you know, because when it comes to music and then performing is different, you know, because some yeah. people, when they perform, they bring some different energy yeah. and it's entertaining, but some people just make good music, you know? I'm going to get a little tricky with it. I'll say I'll go to like, let's say if like the Jabberwockies was performing. Okay. I'd probably F with that. You fuck around with the dance group Jabberwockies? Yeah, like watching the dance group or like go to like some turf, turf concerts. People would say, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Tud and turf. I'd probably yeah. like to that. So. You should, uh, at the at the Culture Night Market, we booked um, 
uh, them dance team and Turf Inc. And they're from Oakland. Yeah. And they come out here and they do crazy shit. Really? They they go uh, to like international. Uh, tr- they go national shows for Red Bull. Yeah. So it's like dance competition. Mm-hmm. So they get like New York, Bay Area, mm-hmm. Houston. Like they basically get all the best dancers. That's and tough. I know uh, Phil, who's you know shout out to Phil. Uh, he's he's been coming to our events a lot, like mm-hmm. to perform and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just at one of them. He made it to the top four. Wow. So they had a competition in Oakland first, and he won the whole competition. Wow. And then he went to the nationals, but I think he fell short. But the fact that like turfing is mm. kind of coming back, you I know what I mean? Like, yeah, bro, it's on hard. That that's honestly one of because the hyphy era and the crunk era were during the same time, damn near. Yeah, and everybody just knows hyphy is going dumb, going dumb. Yeah, but they don't know like the intricacies of like what people was really doing. Like yeah. people was like turfing, oh, turf bone breaking. It's an energy. You it's, know it's, what I'm saying? It's, it's different. Like dancing has always been like Bay Area stuff. Very like, prevalent. A lot, in a lot Bay Area of culture. a lot of other places have jocked how we dance and like kind of merged it into how they dance. Yeah. But it's all love at the end of the day. It is, but it's so interesting that you say that because a lot of rappers, they they say that they like a lot of people, they take the style from the Bay and they make it their own thing. They run with it. (laughs) I think Kamaya has a song with the boy and in the intro, that's literally what she's emphasizing on it. Just like, this, like they always trying to take our slaps. They always trying to take our mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. It's like we gonna take this shit. We yeah, gonna do it different. Like yeah, that's exactly real. that's the truth though. It really yeah. be like that. And it's not even just hip hop. Like freaking business mm-hmm. and and the tech space. Facts. Like Facts. It, it could go on for days. You that's know. For real. For real. Um. So. Uh, yeah, so I, I also wanted to ask you on the Bay Area, on the music note, is, uh, you know, I, I was telling you already off camera, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, that uh, for the ones that don't know, uh, if and correct me if I'm wrong, Cheeto is a big fan of Kendrick Lamar, yeah, right? Yeah, um, You know, I think the back in the days when we were slapping him back in like 2013, 14, this is like overly dedicated, came mm-hmm. out with OD, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, she needs me, yeah, she yeah, needs me, that, you know what I mean? All, all those that. slaps are going out. So it took five years for this guy to drop another album. So as a fan, you know, obviously we were kind of like feeling this type of way because mm-hmm. we thought it was going to come two years in, three years in, four years in. Mm-hmm. Five years in later, um, he drops the, um, you know, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, so I guess what's your response as a fan? Like, mm-hmm. was it worth the wait? Do you still mm-hmm. appreciate the album after five years mm-hmm. or did you kind of wish you, he gave you a little something beforehand? Honestly, I think uh, just from hearing the album and being like a K-Dot fan, I feel like like he needed this album more than we did for real. Like he, he was very introspective in this album. And after listening to it a couple of times, like, oh, this bro is really like this is therapy. Yeah. Like, this is literally like literally therapy. He's talking to his wife. He's talking to, you know, this therapist. He's yeah. talking to, you know, the world, like basically his feelings and stuff and all the stuff he he went through. Like who who puts on a song My Auntie was a man now and then starts yeah. rap, like making it you know, it's like this is his story. Mm-hmm. Literally it's like Dang, are we even supposed to hear this? Like, it's kind of yeah, vulnerable, bro. Very so, vulnerable. Uh, I, I just really respect um, K Dot's creativity, his art. And I think after those five years, it took him a lot of time because he was going through stuff. He literally starts in the album, I've been going through some things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know, it's kind of hella personal. It's a, it it's a very personal album, but it has slaps on it for sure that I'll play this in rotation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely got a second that it is definitely a, a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is. It is something you have to digest, yeah. you know what I mean? Because nowadays people consume music so fast and yeah. like the demand for it is so quick that people mm-hmm. don't really create art no more. Mm-hmm. It's more like a monetization type yeah, of shit. moments. So exactly. Yeah. And that's why when uh, artists actually take their time and they don't rely on radio and all that, like J. Cole and Kendrick mm-hmm. and some of the people that have been able to manage cult followings and just mm-hmm. like put out music and people love it for what it is. Yeah. And the culture dictates if it's goat or not, yeah, you know, not facts. fucking... 
you know, double XL or, yeah. you know, billboard and shit. Yeah. Um, favorite song on the album? Uh, like we were saying before, honestly, I would probably say near, but like that worldwide steppers. Oh, the first one? I think it was the first it's, one, right? It's the third Second? song. Oh, okay. Third song. But like, honestly, that's my favorite song, but that was a song where I was like, okay, this is where it's trying to talk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Speaking like N95, that kind of gave me like the DNA feel like this is radio type genre but then when that worldwide steppers on i was trying to like really listen to him and then when he said like the first time up the white i was like oh <laughs> yeah he was talking i started listening like let me yeah. you know <laughs> so yeah yeah no he was definitely no no he was, def <laughs> he was definitely bringing yeah. uh some different and uh you know i, I can appreciate his musical art mm -hmm. um well other so you already mentioned other genres of music mm -hmm. you know you um slap in a little afro uh, afro beats and mm -hmm. uh hip-hop uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, three last things. Okay. Uh, I guess the first thing is the chess. I okay, noticed that yeah. you play chess, and like yeah. I seen on Insta, uh, even you know even years before, like I seen you on your story playing with mm. Amari Cooper in the locker mm, room and playing with uh, other you know players and stuff. Mm. Uh, you know what's up with the chess, man? Like, is is is, is yeah. chess something that we need to all be playing? Like, I think so. I think so. I think chess is one of those forgotten games. You know, most people know about chess and every most people have referenced chess in their life like oh life is a game of chess or it's not yeah. checkers it's chess type thing yeah but not that many people like use it as a hobby and i think um when i started playing it i was in i was in college I, I played it before that but i started like really playing it i was in college and uh we were just bored in business class for real like we had our laptops <laughs> up we found something to do we just open up the chess challenge each other whoever won play the next person and that's kind of how we got through economics so um after that you know i kind of started always finding people who play chess i started playing with them and then you know when you lose in chess it's like dang this brain's smarter than me like like, how, like <laughs> yeah. how do you just whip me like that yeah. I ain't, like i ain't see that like you be stunned at the board like bro what the hell just happened yeah it's like bro you're not smarter than me so then you start like, trying to get better <laughs> trying to get better trying to get better and then you start to realize that chess really helps you prioritize like organize your mind so uh, for me, you know, in life, I feel like once, once I started really playing chess, it helped me like prioritize what's going on like in the moment. Like I have a queen, that's my most powerful piece. That's like the priority, but I can't lose my king or else I lose the game. These pawns can be sacrificed, you know, going out could be sacrificed, you know, uh, eating this junk food could be sacrificed, but I can't not train or I can't not, you know, study my film. Like that's my king and my queen type thing, you know? And I think that really helped me like prioritize like my days Help me articulate for some reason. I could articulate way better since I started playing chess. So, um, and it's just a fun game. It's very competitive. You don't have to move around. Um, it's a cool game. Yeah, you don't got to catch the ball. And yeah, no, nah, you're chilling. That is like, you know, you um, you were able to kind of notice uh, improvement in just kind of like how you approached and articulate mm -hmm. things because mm -hmm. you play chess. Mm -hmm. So, like, you really feel like that actually has an improvement in just like how you process things? Yeah, and I would say the biggest thing is probably like pattern recognition. Like, if I've been in a position before when I'm playing the game of chess, it's like, oh, I tried this move. Let me try this move this time. Oh, this, this move worked. So now, like, transitioning it to life, like, there may be in a position where I've been in on the football field or, or, or a certain stem a receiver gives me or a certain look that he gives me. And I've seen that with another receiver. I've seen it on film before. It's like, I'm just able to process it quicker. Yeah. And the way I play chess is blitz. So it's on time. Mm. So like I'm moving. Oh, it's, like, it's the one with the clock. Yeah. yeah it's moving. It's I seen the that. Clock. But I, I do it all virtual. So, oh, okay. Uh, like that is it the same? Me. You think it's the same or it feels different? Obviously it's the game, but it's, 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 it's different because you know, if you, if you have time to think, 
you know, if you have like a pop quiz versus a quiz, it's always going to be a different true. result, you know. Very so true. I feel like I'm always on pop quiz mode. So now yeah. I'm able to just always be on my pivot. Yeah. I don't, like I just have, if I if I've done something before, I know I could do it again because like mm-hmm. my pattern recognition is way better. So I think um, chess also helps with that, like just being able to respond to the same situation that contributed to a win or a success. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's what I, I saw you at uh, UFC 276 mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. You were uh, Joe Burrow and Bates. Jesse Bates. Jesse yeah. Bates. Uh, and you had, I saw in the clip on UFC that you had a chance to meet Adesanya, yeah. who's also Nigerian. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, another athlete who made it to the top of the pinnacle is sure. one of the champions right now mm-hmm. as we speak. What was that like? Like, what was that encounter? And just, you know, how did he receive you, I guess, yeah. as a friend? Yeah, no, it was dope as hell. Um, when we walked in, we got the chance to watch his, like, uh, walkout before the fight. I guess he always he does this every fight where he just, like, it's like his pregame. He goes to the walkout, he gets into the ring, the announcer does the little, um, you know, yelling and all that stuff. And then he kind of simulates that he's fighting the person. And we got to, like, watch it. And for this one, he walked out with, like, the Undertaker thing. So when we were oh, outside wow. the stadium, we were like, Oh, the Undertaker thing. Yeah, we're like, bro, what's going on, bro? Like, oh, shit. As you walk in, it's like, because we kind of got late. Yeah, so yeah. And we kind of see. And then, like, we get in, it's purple lights, it's kind of yeah. dim. You know, he's holding this oin with his head down with the hat. And he's just goosebumps, bro. Immediately, bro. I'm wow. just like, oh, yeah, this, this is about to be live. So he's dog. like, he's locked yeah, in. Yeah, I was like, this is about to be live, dog. So then we got to see that. And then um, after, yeah, he uh, came around, shook all of our hands. Um, yeah, it was cool. I, met, I got to meet his parents. Well, not really meet his parents, but I greeted his parents. You know, my nice. culture kind of got to do certain things yeah, like that. So I yeah. greeted his parents. Out of respect, uh, for sure. Yeah, it was real. It was a real cool experience, though. And then, uh, you know, I'm a fan of fighting. I watch mm-hmm. uh, boxing. I watch mm-hmm. UFC all the mm-hmm. time. Super lit. Well, uh, so you were there, like you were like uh, on the camera. My yeah. mom called me telling me that she saw you. She's uh, like, "Yo, me that cheeto? I can't stop running that me." So I was like, "Dude, uh, come on, man! You know this already. Yeah. He's everywhere." You know? <laughs> but um, I saw it was like on ESPN. Mm. Um, but like the experience of the fight, like because you were there during the whole fight, right? Yeah, so what fight. was that experience? Just being in the in the, watching all the fights and yeah. you know seeing you know the announcers kind of close it was, distance. It was really dope, man. Obviously, like you don't get the commenting. Or the com- oh, yeah. commentating uh, when you're there, and that's something that it kind of makes the fight, you know, a little exciting. Like when yeah. they're like, "Oh, you know, yeah, the interactions," yeah. but now we're in person. We're doing the "Oh, yeah, in yeah. person." You guys are the, oh, yeah, yeah, so nice. like you have to actually hear the punches connect and stuff, yeah. kicks connect. Um, that Alexander Volkanovski fight, that that fight was crazy. Oh, with Max Holloway, yeah, he was just countering oh. everything. Boom, 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 bah, bah, that bah, guy's bah. insane. Yeah, bro. yeah, I got him. I mean, personally, I don't want to say. Actually, I could say that. Eh, yeah, I got him number one pound for pound. And I know Kamara Usman, I got him, like, him and Kamara Usman, like, 1A, 1B type thing. But, yeah. Uh, They're separate weight divisions. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But, like, I'm talking about pound for pound. Oh, no, just like, like. Yeah, like, who's the yeah, baddest dude, in all of UFC. I, I just really like how Alexander Volkanovski fights. He's a savage, bro. Yeah. I've seen videos of him training, and he's hitting, like, bamboo sticks. Yeah. Like, these thick-ass bamboo sticks, and he's kicking the shit out of them. Yeah. Like, 20 times. Yeah, I'm telling you. You know bro. how much pain that ha- yeah. bro he's tolerated so much pain no, they know pain too and he's 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 little he's, he's too. short he's yeah short. and just small people it was like wow and then <laughs> Pereira too the brazilian guy oh that dude i saw that fight. i ain't gonna lie 
I had a little drink. I had some drinks in me, but I was saying like, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh no, nah, there's no way I'd get knocked out in the first round. Uh, you know, no. Sean Strickland. I was like, there's no way I'd get knocked out. And then my, my Joey, Joey B and Jesse, they're like, bro, yeah, you are. <laughs> so then I was like, man, I'm gonna stand up and size up this yeah. guy because every time they walked by, they walked by us. You gotta see and, how and tall like, they you are. know. I wanted to see how tall he was. And I put my hand out, <laughs> and then his hand is just like three times mine in the yeah. glove. In the glove, though. Yeah, he kind of heavy handed, bro. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. So. Uh, it's just mad respect for all the UFC fighters, man. They put on the show. For sure. And that mm -hmm. guy you just mentioned, I, I just got put on him recently. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I should have been knowing about him because I think he's one of the only people giving Adesanya a little run for his money mm -hmm. from his past uh, fight. But I think that they're in the process of setting up that matchup. Yeah. I think that's the next fight that they're trying to build up. Facts. But that guy is only six six and one. Yeah. Like, he only fought six times, but yeah. he's already, like, going nice. for the opportunity yeah, for the championship. Nice. So, uh, yeah, man, that's what's up. It's, it's cool to see you, uh, you know... Uh, you know kind of spectating other sports too yeah, you know what i mean because right. athletes have respect for other athletes oh, you know what i mean yeah. um so the last thing i want to ask you about is uh your venture related to anime mm. um and i know anime is huge for you i saw you were at a convention uh recently and fans send you mm. art and you've always you know kind of displayed that you have an appreciation for for anime yeah. um and i did hear on the last interview with mm. adina and amalia that you're co-owner of an anime series called pita comics mm -hmm. um and uh, did you get it? And how did you get it? Like, my question is, like, how did you get involved with that? I see that, you know, they're kind of highlighting African stories and mm. you have a character uh, called uh, Chio, Chio Mai. Am I pronouncing yeah, it? Well, the comic book is called Chioma. Chioma. Yeah, there but you then go. my character is, I don't know, we, we haven't developed it Yeah, it's still, it's still in the works. Yeah, but just yeah. this idea, you know, the fact yeah. that you're in that space, like, mm. you know, you're involved in that space. Yeah. That was super, it threw me off guard. Yeah. I was like, whoa, you know, I knew you were a fan of it. a lot of stuff, Wait, bro. I, I, I see it. I, camera. I, I, I know, I know you're in it. You know what I mean? So it's just super dope to 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 know about it and actually mm -hmm. see about it so for the fans and people that you know are tuned into your story like yeah. tell them a little bit about how you got involved and and your appreciation for anime where did it start yeah so uh peter comics or peter entertainment um it's a basically an animation slash comic book uh company and it's trying to tell the real african stories not wakanda or black panther which is also amazing but like some real stories so a lot of research has been put into it um you know it's african-owned black-owned business and you know you don't really see that type of stuff other than outside of like japanese anime so we're trying to you know kind of create a new segment in the market and uh yeah my love for anime just came from what you know watching dragon ball z growing up stuff like that Hell yeah um, you know naruto um and then when i was in dallas i had the chance to uh, meet a good friend of mine now mike fukunaga and one of my really good friends um you know uh his dad gen fukunaga started funimation like they they literally made Dragon Ball Z. Wow, so, that's <laughs> like, crazy. Like they made it in their house type thing. Mm. And they, they're actually, were in San Jose when they made it. Wow. Like right where IBM was. What? Yeah, that's like right by my house, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, so they did that. And, you know, I got to hear their story. And, uh, yeah, so that connection flourished. And then there was one time last year, I just had a, I was in a very creative, like, mindset. And I was like, dang, I want to I I make an African anime. Like, I want to yeah. make an African story. So I literally, like, wrote whole story like pages wow. like <laughs> pages of it and then like my boy obviously has that connection like he he was doing work with peter comics so um my boy mike put me on with peter who's the owner of peter uh, entertainment peter comics and then like our connection hit off because we're both ebo yeah that's so, like, we're both in the oh, same okay, okay. Uh, clan so uh yeah you know he's a great guy we're all great guys and uh i think a lot of great things are going to come from that you know a lot of people are going to start to feel represented in the anime space that's huge man yeah. that's super huge i so, mean 
you've always emphasized on representation mm. and just how important it is to rep your culture and the mm. fact that your relationship was built because of your connection through culture yeah, like yeah. that is that is huge you yeah, know what i mean and so. and i think that and also you know pivots me to one of the last things i also mm. do want to mention uh you and i are both uh, first generation americans yeah. you know our parents did migrate to this country mm. to seek better opportunity mm. and you know set a foundation for the family for the future mm. uh and next generation um <clears throat> so my question is like after all the you know things that you've succeeded in and, and the levels and the heights you've gotten to um how like because i know you visited africa right you yeah. went to back to nigeria yeah. and um just kind of like how was the response and like you know how was that uh you know the just the fact that you came back you know what mm. i mean and people know all the things that you've done yeah. like what's what was that reaction i guess that's what nah, i'm trying yeah, to it was it was so beautiful man and uh it's kind of hard to plan because we went to the super bowl <laughs> oh yeah so like yeah i just needed a reset but you know after i got my reset you know i ended up going to africa mainly to see my grandma as my last uh living grandparent on my mom's side and uh you know from there like i realized you know how much of my family like how they're doing you know i haven't really known how they were doing like we talk on sometimes on text or if my mom's calling somebody i'll jump in the conversation but you know it never really became personal at least in my adult life yeah but, um, this this time when I went back and, and made a lot of things personal, you yeah. know, like started to realize the scope of like my family state, you know, and me being, you know, in the position I am, I kind of feel some res responsibility, you know, to do better, to get back, to, you know, have systems in place so that everybody can eat. And then I want to hear everybody's dreams. I want to hear how this person's doing, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience, bro, just being back home. And I, I kind of want to, I know I want to go back to africa like every year now and i don't want to just go to nigeria i want to like experience yeah africa africa is like one of the biggest continents <clears throat> and people wouldn't know that huge they size it small on the map but yeah no that's really that's big another story but <laughs> that is another story yeah. <laughs> we can definitely talk about that in no, the future for real. For show. So, yeah. no that's huge man uh, mm -hmm. i just wanted to highlight that because i think it's a uh, it's super you know important you know what mm -hmm. i mean the that people know that as first generation americans that the opportunities can mm -hmm. be created if you really put your mind and uh you know and focus into that so and that's why i think bay area is so special too because like a lot of us are that literally <laughs> like a lot of us are that and like people here san jose oh it's the wealthiest or most popular whatever all that stuff yeah it's like y'all ain't never been here no <laughs> for sure y'all understand <clears throat> like we don't know those people <laughs> no that's true because i mean they just posted something saying that san jose is the top 10 happiest place to live yeah which you know uh you know it's, it could be subjective a lot subjective, of people that are affected yeah. by gentrification could say mm -hmm. something different but yeah. the ones that are working in tech and really thriving in this mm -hmm. economy are you know they probably will say that yeah. but to the point like that's not the culture and mm -hmm. that's not the people that really grew up here yeah. so uh, yeah man um you know preserving that culture and ownership and you know doing the ventures that we're you know doing um individually and as collective are important to really preserve that culture Facts. you know those are those are the stepping stones that we need to take so Facts. just wanted to emphasize on that and uh once again Shido bro i really appreciate you coming down here um you know a lot of people that get to these accolades um you know they have the option to switch up or mm. to be who they are and mm. you've always stayed who you were and you've mm. always been down to earth and i just appreciate uh, that about you and yeah. i'm glad to call you a friend yeah. um Likewise. so thank you for you know sliding down to hq m1 hq um doing this on a late notice you know what i'm saying mm. uh but you know we made it happen um <clears throat> so for the ones that don't know this is the emlyn podcast we in the downtown san jose silicon valley four way with my guest chitobe awuzie um and real south just so the folks know this is a 
a real South uh, situation. You feel me? We'll make that very clear. <laughs> um, but with that being said, uh, is there any last messages that you want to leave to the audience, to the fans, to the people that will tune in because they will tap in, they want to hear your voice, man. So yeah, what's man. the message to so them? Shoot, man. Uh, <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's my boy BQ. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he played football with me at Oak Grove and you know, one of the hardest workers I know. Um, on the football field, we used to train all the time, uh, trying to get better and stuff like that. And BQ has never slowed down, literally never slowed down. <laughs> like that same work ethic he put in it to Emlyn. And then Emlyn transitioned into what it is now. It's the culture night market and Emlyn and you know all this business entrepreneurship. You know, it's really beautiful to see. So I'm always gathering inspiration from, you know, my peers and you know, BQ is definitely one of those guys. So shout out to him for having me on this podcast. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah. You know, slow feet don't eat. Timmy did put you us through those me. workouts Tell early me. morning. Yeah, late late that, that shit really was though. That yeah. was really the lifestyle, Facts. like even before all this shit, Facts. you know? Facts. So uh hey man, thank you so much for being a part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh if y'all, you know, just tune into the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Uh subscribe on the link below. Tune in for every uh podcast coming out every Monday in the mornings. Once again, shout out Cheeto Bewuzier coming down. Uh, anything that they need to be tuned in for? Anything coming uh, up? Shoot, tuned in for um, just all the energy. You know, I'm gonna be following my socials and see what's going on. Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, San Jose has a lot of talent, and we're gonna try to bring out that talent. So yes, one way sir. or another, San Jose on the map, baby. It ain't exclusive. If it ain't an M1 exclusive, it's your boy BQ, the guest Cheeto, and we out. I know. Peace.